Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. It's that time again, folks. I'm Sam Matterface, and this is the Game Day Preview Podcast from TalkSport. Every weekend fixture analysed and discussed in detail with a team of top pundits. This week, Watford's Wobblers take on leaders Liverpool, appropriately, at a vicarage because they'll need some divine intervention to get past a team that have won 107 of the last 109 Premier League points and have lost the last four meetings by an aggregate score of 15-0. Hashtag pray for Watford. Seagulls against Eagles. We have Brian Brighton against Palace and an explainer from Alex Crook. The cup final on Sunday looks to be as close an encounter as the last cup final. Aston Villa, who have let in more goals than anyone else in the Premier League this season, take on Manchester City, who have scored more goals than anyone else this season in the Premier League. Also this week, Chelsea, after being torn to shreds by a bloke Tony Pulis didn't fancy at West Brom, are off for a bit of R&R by the seaside, determined not to give Bournemouth a helping hand in their fight to beat the drop. It's Norwich, Leicester, Everton, Manchester United, Tottenham Wolves, West Ham Saints and Newcastle Burnley, which I'm sure... We'll have the masses tuning in. This is Game Day, Premier League preview show. In the pod this week, the man that wrote the Times article last Saturday that suggested Odia Nogalo takes too many touches and in one-on-one situations, rather than ruthlessly finishes chances, takes on the goalkeeper instead. And then on Sunday, as if by magic, Odia Nogalo did what? Went round the goalkeeper, as you very wow, well know, Sam. Wow, wow, wow. David Connolly, do you think that Igalo read that article and you got inside his mind and therefore felt he only had the option of taking on the goalkeeper? Yes. I think you're probably right. And that's why you should follow him, folks. Last week you were at SexyDavid101 yes. on Twitter. What are you now? You've changed it. At Mr. Yeah. David Connolly, which is wow. more, Which more is your name. Yeah. Which, which is, is my name. Yeah, and, and you aren't Sexy David, although I did have sexy. quite a lot of... I just thought I did have... I did have quite a lot of people suggesting that, your voice that you were lower? Sexy David 101. In fact, an ice dancer Ooh. asked me for your details. Really? It's a true story. And I, I've got one of those because my wife's best friend also asked if you were single. Oh! See? Wow. Maybe you should change it back. How Maybe. many followers have you got, by the way? Um, uh, 218 when I looked last. Round about that. Something like that. That's quite good. 
I'm pleased with that. If you want to follow him, it's at Mr. David Connolly on Twitter. 287. I'm, I'm 287, wow. Get in there. Um, one follower for every club that you've played for. Uh, hey. hey. Alex one for Crook. every bet you've had this week. Hey. Hey. Today. Alex Crook is here, TalkSports transfer guru and South Coast reporter. Called up for the Carabao Cup final this weekend, which we're going to preview a little bit later on. Congratulations for that, by the way. Uh, rang me up yesterday. Asked me uh, what he should do with his hair, uh, where he should get his beard trimmed. <laughs> and I hear you took your wife out shopping for a new suit because she thought you looked so shabby day to day, you needed to make sure you presented yourself properly when you went to Wembley. Is that true? I think oh. she thought I should wear a suit at a cup final. Look, I mean, look, ultimately, you can wrap an aubergine in fancy paper, but when you take it all off, it's still It looks an good from the chest up. Maybe chest down. You still needs a little bit of work. Those jeans are new a bit, shoes. A bit new, washed. New shoes. Oh, yeah, the shoes are nice. I agree. What suit did you get? I got two actually. Um, I got a charcoal grey number, but I'm actually going to go for um, navy blue. I think. Oh, was it from that uh, French designer Matt Alain? Eminence. <laughs> uh, right, let's get to the game day. Looking for Diva Carigi, he shanks it. Oh my word! An audacious backheel by Salah from a tight angle to make it two 0 It's a big chance on the edge of the area. Fantastic save from Heaton. Dini on the floor. Troy Deeney gives Watford the lead and it's the boyhood Birmingham City fan who scores against Aston Villa once again. Salah in the D, kills it with one touch. Mane is there, saved by Henderson, but Mane will tuck in the rebound. It's 2-0 Liverpool and Sadio Mane and Salah are combining again. And the leaders of the league, the champions of the world, the New Year's honours are definitely going to win. Liverpool got a little bit fortunate on Monday night with a narrow win over West Ham United and Anfield. We won't dwell on that too much because we're looking forward to the game this weekend against Watford, which is live on game day at 5.30. I'll be there with Stuart Pearce and it's available around the world on Premier League Live. Uh, Liverpool conceded more goals in that game against West Ham United than they have in their previous 11 Premier League games combined. I mean, it's probably the worst thing that could have happened to Watford because, David, Liverpool have not conceded more than once in consecutive league games since December 2016. Is there any way that Deeney and Delafeu can cause that back line any trouble? Because the disallowed goal apart, they were woeful at Old Trafford. Yes, they were. Can I see them penetrating that, that Liverpool line? Probably not. Uh, games are running out, though. Look, they had a couple of opportunities. I know Delefeu hit the bar. They, you know, can they muster something? I think it's going to be very, very difficult. It's going to be very difficult. I mean, you would say Liverpool probably aren't hitting their stride. They certainly haven't hit their stride, maybe. This always last... happens to them, though, when they go away at this time of year. I mean, if you look back over the last few years, they've moaned about fixture congestion, uh, gone out of the FA Cup after putting a young team in, then had about three weeks not to do anything, and then yeah. they've come back and they've and they've actually had a bit of a struggle because they've had too much of a rest. I they wonder have if needed... that's happened again. Well, they have needed moments of real brilliance. You know, they needed moments of yeah. brilliance against West Ham. I mean, for example, Alex well, they against... didn't. They just needed Fabianski to or drag to, a couple to, in. Yeah, but say if you if you say take that aside, even to get that chance, really? I think for the Alexander Arnold cross, right? Yeah. Everyone felt that ball was running out of play, but he kept it. In. He kept it in. I mean, absolutely superb. But you know, inventiveness. You talk about say you know being bright and alive and and you know Messi with his skills or whoever with different that's a different sort of even at Norwich they were perfect, were they? And they no, still managed right. to grind out the result. Yeah. I think the reason they've been allowed to run away with the title 
is, is as much about Manchester City's failings and their meagre defence as yeah, about. And I think I think I think we we explored they, they, that. They've done it under earlier. no real pressure. We uh, explored that earlier in the season on this podcast. We mentioned that, and I think that game, that pivotal game when they played each other in Liverpool, struck a psychological blow. I think des- definitely had an impact. Um, but they've got the best goalkeeper in the league. I don't think we can argue about that. I agree. Although I mean, again, he looked a little bit. It's thirty-eight game season. It's a thirty-eight game season. But over the course of what we've had so far, twenty-seven games, he has been he the best goalkeeper. Yeah. They've he got the best right the back, the best header. left back, Arguably. the best centre half. They've probably got the three best forwards in the league on form this season. Certainly, that work in tandem together the best. Again, it's very difficult to compare their eleven with Manchester City's and say that Manchester City have got a better eleven. But but Salah's not been at his best throughout the course of the season either. He's still popped up with the goals when they've been required. I mean, his finish the other day, I don't know if you've looked at that closely, but when he makes... What, the one that little... Fabianski lets for his legs? Yeah, the one that Fabianski... I mean, despite the Fabianski one, even when he's cut back there, to me, you've got to go... If I'm Creswell, for example, because Creswell stays in his zone, so do you mark space or do you mark the man? And what West Ham did is they just marked the space. And if you look at that goal closely, there's only one real place Salah goes to. He goes for a little cutback. There's no way Noble can get to him. I think, for example, Cresswell has got to go for him. He's got to go and mark him. He's got to go and mark the man, not mark the space. He leaves Salah in space, and that's where the chance comes from. So I think you can't afford to give the players, like when you're playing Liverpool, the thing is, can Watford, you know, can they defend where they go brave enough to go and mark the man and leave the space? I don't know. It's going to be a tough one, but... They're going to find this. I think this is going to be an easy victory for Liverpool. Talk to me about Troy Deeney. He hasn't been very effective apart from that period immediately after Nigel Pearson came in, which all, all five of his goals actually have come in that seven-game period in that December-January area. The fixtures have been tricky. No one's got a magic wand. The new manager comes in, usually get a bit of a boost, but then things level out. Should they have made more of an effort to bring in new faces in key areas during the January transfer window? Yeah, I, th- I think they probably should. I think what happened there was they were maybe lulled into a false sense of security by the upturn that happened immediately after Nigel Pearson was appointed. That, of course, went into the January transfer window. And I think even on this podcast, we were maybe guilty of thinking that Watford were safe in mid-table. Were we? Well, you were worried. You were worried you were going to have to make a trip to the tattoo parlour. Ultimately, it's been the start of the season that's cost them playing catch-up. They've got a horrible run in. It doesn't look great for them. I think Watford the Brighton now. game killed them a little bit, didn't it? With the, well, the late so, goal. Yeah, the late yeah. goal. And then even if you go back before that, the Everton game, where they obviously they were 2 0 up, weren't they, against Everton? Conceded really late on. I and thought, they lost to 10 men. And yeah. lost it, yeah. But Theo Walcott was outstanding that game. I don't know. They've had a few things go against them. So hmm. I have a degree of sympathy. Look, they're going to find it hard against Liverpool, make no mistake. Yeah, but but after at, that, look, they've got Palace, they've got Leicester at home. I think they'll, you know, the former Leicester, and then they've got Burnley away. They're, they're, they're probably games, you know what, they probably think well they're okay okay well uh, tattoo watch at the moment this is because I suggested stupidly that if Watford stayed up (laughs) I would get a Hornet tattoo in a private group which Alex Crook made public um So, 24 points. They're same points as West Ham United in 18th. Villa won't play this weekend. Um, they've got 25. Bournemouth, 26. And then Brighton, 28. Is everybody else safe, we think? Newcastle, 31, possibly? Yeah, no. the only Newcastle thing... fans seem a bit worried, but yes. then I think that's their natural pessimism. But again, I, I, I can't see the clubs below them narrowing the gap enough and that they'll pick up four or five more I mean the Newcastle one what I would be concerned about if you look at their expected goals which you can take all this with a pinch of salt some of their stats but they've been defying expected goals all season exactly Mm. it's whether they can keep defying it because by 
by the table they should be bottom yeah okay uh, talking of uh, teams that are struggling at the bottom Watford take on Liverpool live on TalkSport 5.30 on Saturday and Mohamed Salah will score he always does against Watford despite the fact he's not having a very good season Brighton against Crystal Palace kicks off game day at TalkSport 12.30 kickoff. it's around the world on Premier League Live there's a package on our show on Saturday morning with Reshman I'm going to Watford uh, in which Alex Crook explains the rivalry between Crystal Palace and Brighton quickly give us the skinny yeah enjoy putting it together actually Simon Jordan is on there Alan Mullery Glenn Murray Andros Townsend and, and they're really trying to explain not, not just the rivalry which to those of us who are not directly involved I think Andros says himself until you've played for Brighton or Palace, you don't really understand. It goes back to Mallory and, and Venables and, and their feuds in, in the 1970s. But also, we're looking at which club is in better shape now. Uh, I would argue Brighton, because they've got the stadium, they've got the, the training ground. So certainly infrastructure-wise, I would say they're ahead of Palace. Obviously, the league table suggests otherwise. So. Palace have a stadium. Not as nice as Brighton's. <laughs> okay. Well, they still have a stadium. I mean, look, I don't see too much between these two teams. I think Brighton... You know, they've got the players that have been in a relegation scrap before, which I think they're going to need, because make no mistake they are. Will they play Murray? I imagine so. Um, I went and see him this week, and I, did I, I actually said to him, what are you doing? Because you look in better shape now. I hadn't seen him for five or six months. He is an incredible nick for someone who's yeah. 36. Uh, we, we, you, you, talk, you spoke to him at length, didn't you? And I that's did. that's also going to feature on the programme on Saturday. Let's have a little taste of it. He spoke recently about thinking that at one point in the not-too-distant past, his career was all over at Brighton. I, I'm not going to lie, and I think probably uh, the first half of the season, yes. I, th- I thought my time was coming to an end. Um, but thankfully, we, we've always spoken, me and the gaffer and the club, and uh, and we managed to agree something. And I'm just happy to uh, not only extend my stay at Brighton, just, but just um, prolong my stay in the game in general. Uh, more of that interview on game day. Six goals in eight runnings of this fixture, so he usually comes alive during this game. David, what does the old-timer give them then? Well, I mean, he, I think it's what he gives him and also those around him. I guess what you could question, Graham Potter, is that he's only started him how many times? couple a handful yeah. in the last couple, few games five or whatever to bring him back to the start of the season yeah. so why has he not ever played him up top with um, Neil well Mopay? he did it at the weekend at Sheffield United which was a bold move in fairness exactly. and, it, and it paid dividends because Mopay got the goal that's right and and I think Mopay benefits from having someone like that up alongside him so it's what he gives the team even if, if he's not scoring goals you could say well why hasn't he played more the fans have started to get a little bit irky from what I'm told I spoke to a season ticket holder last week who said yeah look the idea is great but if it, it, it isn't great if you end up in the championship next season is that still possible do you think I still think they'll have enough I think there will be three worst teams and actually again from, from going down there uh, earlier this week it's, it's such a, a lovely club to visit and have they got a fight well the atmosphere is positive you know they're, they're certainly not portraying that they believe they're deep in trouble maybe that could come back to haunt them because they could be in danger of being complacent but I think they, they believe that they have the character and as Glenn said to me in that interview We've been in this position ever since we were promoted to the Premier League. We know how to handle a relegation battle, whereas maybe... The, the players do. The likes of Bournemouth don't. Conversely, Crystal Palace, I mean, they're about as sharp as Joe Ellington, aren't they? 24 goals from 27 games played. They've got 33 points. They're going to be OK. Uh, but it's not a recipe for picking up lots of points, is it? Not scoring many goals. In fact, scoring 
a number of goals that is below the number of games you've played, averaging less than one a game, is pretty poor. I use Lively but hardly scores. Benteke has less goals in London in the last three years than Serge Nabry has in the last six months. And Nabry plays in the Bundesliga. I mean, that's a pretty poor statistic. Mm. Yeah, although Zaha probably would have scored, wouldn't he, at the weekend if he wasn't dragged back. I guess that could have been another goal. Benteke had a header three yards out and headed it ten yards wide. Um, did anybody th- expect any different outcome? No. Well, that? the only goal they scored in living memory uh, was, was against Jordan Pickford <laughs> against Everton when Jordan Pickford let one in well good job they've got Patrick Van Arnholt isn't it because Great looking back kick. on his stats he has scored more goals um, since coming back to the league 20 he's got 2014-15 so that could be my commentator that, could be that was my commentator's curse no Cheers it wasn't you which is was. quite incredible really I mean it was a really good finish um, and that's when you're struggling for goals you need players to come up with them like Newcastle their lack of goals generally they've scored what double figures from defenders and mm. I think when you're Palace you, you know and you're not blessed with a lot of goal scorers even Zaha He's never been, say, a prolific goal scorer. Right? It, it, Scoring it, goals it is worries not me his... that They have got attacking talent in that team and yet they still don't score goals. Yeah. That suggests that maybe they are very much safety first in the way they are set up, which well, is I what think Roy so. Hodgson... And yeah, but it's going to get the does. job done. They're not going to go down, are they? So he will see that as mission accomplished. I think it's going to be an interesting summer there. Lee Johnson is the name that I, I was going to say. He's not going to be the manager next season, is he, Roy yeah, Hodgson? I was saying, Lee Johnson, by all accounts, has got one eye on that job. It's, I've been told by a couple of sources now, in actual ah. fact. Yeah. Well, I mean... He's your mate, isn't he? Well, yes, but... Um, yeah. What, what do you know, Dave? Colleague. What do you know, Dave? Well, no, I just, I was just, just heard. What do you know? What do you know that he, he, you know, All right. might be um, linked with that job? Breaking news. Got a breaking news stab there, Luce. Yeah. Talk sport. Breaking news. But I think for Roy, the interesting thing for Palace is who's buying the players? Doug. Doug, right? Doogie. Does Does Roy want to play those players? Does Roy want to spend money? Does Roy want to wait till he's got a contract to then go and spend money? Or is he not allowed to spend the money? I think there is a truth in there somewhere. You've just got to dig around and find it. And ultimately, I don't know, could they have got some other players in in January? I think so. And, and maybe... If you bring more players in, spend more money, you put yourself under a bit more pressure as a manager. Okay, quick uh, Alexander Sorlot watch. Um, There is a a Crystal Palace striker who is on loan elsewhere in the world. Has he scored again, David? He has. Has he now got more goals than Crystal Palace have got? I believe he's got the exact same as Crystal Palace, I believe. Oh, that's impressive. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Crystal Palace have won just two of their last 18 away league games against Brighton. It's got draw written all over it. Uh, right, time to hit the velvet bag. Three quick previews. We will ask our guests to have a look at these games for 60 seconds and give us a lightning quick assessment of what the prognosis is going to be this weekend. Let me pull one out at random here for David. Oh, Norwich against Leicester. Time starts now. Well, Sam, we saw Norwich, didn't we, firsthand up at Liverpool. I thought they were absolutely... Um... I wouldn't say outstanding, but I thought they played very, very well. Contained the Liverpool side. They've got certainly talented players who, you know, could cause Leicester problems. I think it's the sort of game that they might be able to get a result from. Look, they were comprehensively beaten against Wolves. They really were. However, the stats tell you that they should be doing much better than 
what they are. Their expected goals is actually much higher. It has them around 16th, which tells you what? Well, they're having a lot of the ball. Even against Wolves, they had 60% possession. That's an awful lot against mm. a Wolves team, which we know like to sit off and hit you on the counter. Tells you the but, players aren't good enough, doesn't well, it? Well, possibly, or he's not playing the right players. I think he's got to put Buendia in. I think oh, he's got to start. Got to. He's got to. Timmy Puki needs a little bit of help up there. So I think I think there'll be a little bit changed this weekend. I think Zimmerman's out, isn't he? So we've got Norris taken care of. Leicester, I think, are desperate to get back to winning ways. They really are. Um, indeed, he's out. Mendy's out. Chowdhury's back. Be a tight game. Well, you did have six seconds on Leicester City. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the football editor's going to be too happy about <laughs> that. Just saying. Right, let's uh, have a little stir. Okay. Oh, I've pulled out Newcastle Burnley. Newcastle got 31 points, right, and nine to play. That should be enough to keep them in the league. Because usually what you'd say about a team in 14th at this stage of the season is... They're too good to go down. There's three teams worse than Newcastle United. The issue is, there aren't really, are there? I mean, they've just about worked with what they have to the absolute maximum and taken more chances, maybe, than they've even earned themselves. They're not very entertaining. They're the joint lowest scorers. They miss chances. They can't keep possession. They defend okay most of the time, but they'll get whacked as soon as they play anybody who is half decent, really. Burnley are saved. Dyche has taken a different approach to some managers by using the idea that the injured players and the injured list that he's got, which is quite big, has actually provided opportunity for some other players rather than sort of using it as a hindrance. Vidra's flying. McNeil was excellent last week. Bournemouth, even if the game was skewed by VAR, couldn't actually deal with them in the end. I was going to say that Burnley are a streaky team. They've only won, uh, they've won four of the last five, haven't they? And uh, that usually comes to an end. Um, but a quick Joe Ellington update. Yes. 1,946 Premier League minutes without a goal. Oh, so this is the opposite to the Sawloff one. Yeah. Is it? yeah. Uh, a quick, Let's just keep that running, shall and, we? Uh, and, and quick have a look at the bag. And if you think that's bad, check out Che Adams' stats. Alex Crook, West Ham versus Saints. He did well, Shay, when he came on at the weekend, set up the second goal for Stuart Armstrong. Um, this is obviously heavily West Ham focused this match I think Southampton on 34 points is safe now it'll be interesting to see what happens if they do win the game because they'll be on 37 points and Ralph Hasnoodle has said all season once they get to 36 points he'll discuss a new contract Pierre-Emerick Hoybier will discuss a new contract Shane Long will discuss a new contract so it could be a busy week at Southampton should they win this game but this is West Ham's only chance really of a victory until April when you look at the run of fixtures that they've got coming up in March Arsenal away Wolves at home Tottenham away and even then it's Chelsea at home you wouldn't guarantee on them to win that they were better on Monday night but the real test of whether they're on the way to recovery is if they can win this type of game because they've had no trouble raising themselves against the elite clubs this season it's been the matches they're expected to win especially at home uh, where they've let themselves down and again if they start badly here the fans are ready to go again aren't they and Southampton could really use that to their advantage Perfectly timed. Yeah, but you know, this is how he sort of slowed down towards the end. He added an extra sentence in there. He thought he was coming to the end and he thought, oh, I need one more. No, um, it was good. I, you know, I thought it was really interesting, the fact that you said that uh, once they get to 36 points, they'll start talking about a new contract for Ralph Harsen Hussle. Are, are we sure that Southampton want to do that? Yes, 100%. Uh, he wants to stay. They want him to stay. My understanding is it will be a three-year contract and he will sign that pretty soon after they, they hit the safety mark. Another breaking news stab for Luce to insert in there. Well done. Talk sport breaking news. That'll be a good game, I think. Don't you, that game? Yeah. I mean, West Ham won the previous one. 
you know, they might fancy... And when they did, it, that was when we really started to worry about Southampton yeah. because uh, they were bullied by Antonio that day. I think he's so key for West Ham, isn't he? Mm, can't keep him fit, though, can When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Okay, let's get to the Vitality Stadium. Bournemouth against Chelsea is live on TalkSport 2. Kicks off at 3 o'clock on Saturday. It's around the world on Premier League Live. Um, there's being unlucky with VAR as Chelsea were against Manchester United. Have been at other times over the course of the season. Bournemouth obviously had their problems last weekend with that because of the handballs and the situation. I know that you're still shaking your head over that. Alex, text me about 15 times when has shoulder been handballed. That annoyed me, that. It did. Um, but there's also rank bad defending going on and both of them Chelsea and Bournemouth have been guilty of that too I mean Chelsea were ripped to shreds in midweek but in the Premier League they've had their issues too they've been a little bit unlucky um, and the statistics bear this out I mean even like that on Saturday against Tottenham when they were much the better team in that game they still conceded from a ridiculous series of events which should never have happened but it, it, it did but this this game's interesting because Bournemouth have got the curse over Chelsea, haven't they? They won there this mm. season, Gosling. Dan, Dan Gosling. Yeah. I was there last season. It, it, it was one of the, the moments of the season when Chelsea were battered 4-0, I think it was, and uh, Sari locked the players in the dressing room. Not only that, but he turfed out his coaching staff. So Gianfranco Zola, who was on the coaching staff at the time, was leaning against the dressing room door, cupping his hand to his ear, trying to work out what was being said inside. It was brilliant. So... On, on the face of it, Bournemouth are in trouble because their running is horrendous. But given their record against Chelsea, and hopefully Eddie Howe has, has used the, the sense of injustice felt from last weekend to create a siege mentality this week, and I don't think, therefore, it's going to be the away win that probably most people are expecting. I think they need Nathan Ake back. Oh, of course they do. They yeah. missed the Burnley game, obviously. Yeah. You know, former Chelsea man, Chelsea link with signing him again. You know, if he's chose fit, not to sign him now. So, yes, so, so yes. if they were going to sign him back, they would have done it in January because yeah, they right. had the buyback clause in and yeah. a guarantee. So price. he'll have a point to prove if he is yeah. fit. They were better against uh, Tottenham on Saturday, and I think that was probably because. I mean, they know the games were coming thick and fast and they played an unchanged team on Tuesday and I wonder whether or not they had the energy to press like they did in the Tottenham game where they stopped Tottenham. But he made four changes for the Tottenham game, didn't he? And and it was really bold and it was an excellent selection as well because all of those four changes worked in Frank Lampard's favour. But I think maybe they were scared of doing the pressing against Bayern because Bayern is such a good team. Chelsea have been better away from home 
How do you see it going for Chelsea? Do you think you'll make changes again for this game? Um, I think he will. I mean, if you listen to his comments after the game, I thought they were... Against um, the, uh, sorry, Bayern. against Bayern. This yeah. is midweek. A bit defeatist. Yes, and also a bit down on his team. And I think you've got to remember that that is a pretty special... Bayern team I think it is certainly um, mm. we saw what they did to Tottenham we know all that they won't win the Champions League though will they they probably won't win the Champions League Why? however well I just I don't know there's I, better sides I, in I, I think that they Bayern, yeah I think that they might come up short but I tell you what they're absolutely outstanding Aspilicueta really struggled I thought Reese James really struggled they all um, really struggled they did yeah but Frank afterwards I think said Kovacic that few, played very well that was about a, it yeah he did well I think Frank name dropped him but I don't know whether that was really worth it. I don't know if Caballero could have done better for the Tottenham goal. Whether that, you yeah, know. but he made two saves in the first half. And let's be honest, if the other guy was in nets, it would have been two 0 at half time. The other guy, can you not even strong. bear yourself to mention? His well, name. He's, I tell you what, he's dug a hole for him there. Not a hole, but he I hasn't. don't know what he, do, he what, really well, Caballero can't he, can't be the goalkeeper next he, season. He's not going to be the goalkeeper next season. But so what are they going to do? Caparri de Balaga. So what are they going to do? Get a new goalkeeper. Put your gloves on, Alex. Um, ruthlessness has been a problem for Chelsea as well though as, as well as conceding goals uh, Sammy should have scored against Tottenham he should have scored against Bayern as well actually but he doesn't have that sort of anticipation that instinctive sort but of reading of those quick shots. he's been in and out of late so is that the reason I was going to ask yes. you this is it because he's just coming back from I injury so. or is yeah. it the fact that instinctively he's not that sort of player and if that is the case can it be learnt can you deal with it well I, th- I think that he's just suffering a little bit from you know being in and out of the team I think if he was because of injury yeah because of injury and I, th- I think that will come um, could yeah, there I be thought... a desire issue with Chelsea as well with, with Abraham and the other young players no chance Frank Lampard has kept saying no chance. we've overachieved this season no, no one expects us to be top four I don't think so he has said that he has said that no he said that now but he started the season by outlining the fact and especially I know this from the dressing room this team especially the young group of players actually are really frustrated that they're not in third position not fourth so there's there, there's no lack of desire in that team there might be a lack of an ability to sustain the effort that they have to yeah. put in over the course of six or seven months and maybe that, that, that tells you that there's needs to be a bit more um, experience and a bit more of an influx into the squad in the summer but I don't think you can question the desire of, of the younger players in the team certainly I, I think Frank just needed to show a bit more brevity I think after that game because we were on Twitter last week so I learned about brevity you know the characters and etc etc but you know Frank after the I think he could have just pulled back a little bit in terms of calling out his team who's pretty cri- critical of his team and I don't know I think they, they've got other sort of things to focus on namely putting that game to bed they just lost to a superior opponent rather than saying well do you know what man for man we lost out because what he's saying is basically they were better than you every player was better than you which I don't know if those players can really do much about that Sean Cook from Dream Team has joined us for this uh, next part of the programme where we look at Tottenham Wolves, we'll look at Everton against Manchester United and we'll do the uh, the final of the Carabao Cup, uh, which Alex Crook has got a new suit for. Sean, welcome along. Uh, Dream Team-wise, um, this is a very busy week, isn't it? Lots of opportunity to uh, score points. Absolutely, yeah. Unless, of course, you've got Sheffield United players. A tricky one. First up, Tottenham Wolves. Ah, uh, yes, and also we should uh, declare allegiances here, shouldn't we? You're a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Are you going to get um, you gloating in nice and early? No, no, no. I just thought the way that Tottenham set up against Chelsea on Saturday was quite remarkable, actually. Yeah. Uh, because Lampard and Nagelsmann have both sort of in the space of four days made him look a little bit blunt, leaky, sloppy in possession. I thought I, sp- I spoke to him after the game, and he was talking about you know strikers being injured and not having anybody to to score goals. Yeah. Um, but his team played a back five against Chelsea, tried to park the bus at Stamford Bridge in a Premier League away game against a top four rival 
but this is a team that have kept one clean sheet in 21 Premier League away matches. What is your view as a Tottenham supporter? Take your dream team hat off if you can for a second. For sure. About the way that they have set up in these games recently. I think, in short, he hasn't got many other choices. Um, you know, he improved the side when he came in and lost Harry Kane. Hmm. He then, you know, got them competitive again, and he's lost Hyungmin Son. He's he's really out of out of options. Really, he's got players playing out of position. We're sort of crawling towards the finish line, so to speak, towards the end of the season. Hmm. Um, and it seems to be a case of of players mucking in and, and getting on. I know a criticism of him so far since he's been at Spurs has been. He's dated, you know, the, the tactics he's employing are, are old and, and not the Mourinho that we know. But I think he's he's really out of luck. He's got not you know, not many more options. David, as a coach, how do you solve the goal scoring problem if you are in the situation that Jose Mourinho is in? Yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, up against a side who is scoring goals for fun. So good luck to him. Arguably, Tottenham, I think, could do with the striker that Wolves have got. You know, Raul Jimenez to me would be an ideal Harry Kane type player. He's I mean, he's not going to go to Tottenham, is he? I mean, not, he wants to play Champions League football. No, well, yeah, yeah, but he's a sort of. <laughs> I think if they were looking for another centre forward, you know, in terms of how they play Tottenham, it'd be the sort of man that would be. I'm only one you up looking sure. at. Don't, well, don't, don't I, get I offended. I'm only, only one. Of, pinch of smugness. Yes. Only Liverpool and City have won more points in the Premier League Correct. since Mourinho's come in. Yeah. Is that um, stat still ring true? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but that just That's tells you how bad the rest of the Premier League was. Well, talk to me. You, you, you recently experienced Jose Mourinho at your club um, mm-hmm. he complained about tiredness to the players you know, Wolves are very fit they're, they're playing a lot more football than Tottenham Hotspur are on a more regular basis they've got the Europa League to contend with as well so so what's your assessment of the way that he uh, I mean the, the way A he set up against Chelsea and what is he going to do to counterattack uh, to counteract what Wolves have got well first of all he's the, he's the worst possible manager to have in an injury crisis situation because what any good man manager would be doing rather than focusing on the players who aren't there Sean he would be bigging up the players who are mm-hmm. he's not doing that he basically came out against Chelsea and, and, and said was it we had, we had a gun with, with no bullets in it but he yeah. said that on Tuesday night after the Leipzig, Leipzig game so Leipzig, what, yeah. what does that say about the players who are playing in those four positions you know the likes of uh, of Bergvin who's come in for, for a decent fee yeah, yeah. Lucas Moura who let's not forget played and got Tottenham to a Champions League final when Harry Kane was injured. So let's, let's try and focus on coaching the players who are there and making them better rather than just bemoaning your luck. But he's such a negative character. You know, he sucks the life out of a club. He's done it a lot quicker at Tottenham than he did at Manchester United. But we know how this ends. He's I mean, a drain. He's a drain. He's not a radiator, is he? He's a drain. <laughs> You're one or the other. That's been the frustration. So as you say, like, you know, we've got an 18 year old Troy Parrot there who's had and he's in- interest. He's, from... He said he's not good enough. Yeah. So he can't possibly pick him well, I, because I, he's already shattered his confidence. I was standing a, a yard from him on Saturday in the tunnel in the aftermath of the game. Who? Um, Mourinho. And um, somebody mentioned Troy Parrot's name. And within a beat, he snapped back, Do you know him? And the journalist who asked the question said, no, I, I don't know him personally. And he went, okay, fine, and walked off, just walked away. Mm. And I thought that was quite a sort of, a very odd thing to do. Yeah, that, uh, but I mean, it, there's been murmurings that he's, I mean, Spurs have had an issue with it last few years with, with Marcus Edwards um, in that you've got these boy wonders who are coming through really, really top talent and do it for, for Spurs at uh, an academy level. But apparently the attitude is not that quite is, that there. Is, I think that is that such is key, a, yeah. Th- mm. Well, no, not just that. Well, but that's very dangerous for a mm, manager for to, sure. to be putting that okay. out if it's not correct. But also and the even other trying thing is, to is smear someone. Wasn't he's there a he Marcus Rashford as well when he was at Manchester United? But, now their best player. But I think way. that's why he's trying to skirt around it. He's, he's aware that you know getting that opinion out there is... is 
detrimental potentially to Paris. He's toxic. But but here's a question for you. How do you know that these boy wonders are boy wonders? How do you know that they're going to make a step up into the Premier League? And that is his argument, actually. It's all right turning around and saying, I mean, you couldn't do that with Marcus Rashford because he had done it in the Premier League by this point. But Mm. with Troy Parrell, we've never actually seen him play. And I made an inquiry straight afterwards about the situation with him at Spurs. And I was told, well... What, 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 when have you seen him? I saw, I saw him play in pre-season. Yeah. What did you think? I thought it was all right. Did he score? No. He didn't. He, he didn't. He didn't, no, didn't, didn't, the, didn't the, set the world alight when he was playing in pre-season. But sure. he came on against Burnley. Came on against Burnley. But I think the the counter to that is the academy boys now are playing at a higher level than the academy players who used to. I mean, well, the Spurs Chelsea players for the, a very long UAP time were playing. Yeah, but Chelsea were doing that for ten years yeah, before any no, of their no players doubt. broke through to, to the actual Premier League. Mm. A lot of the players that that broke through the, the heart of the Chelsea revolution when they were winning everything in youth football, mm. some of them are playing for Brentford. You know, some of them yeah. are playing. Some of them are playing in, in League One. So ultimately, in terms of d- d- getting them into the Premier League, that is a big that is a big step, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. But as I say, I mean, you can only go off the the opportunities he's had thus far. I mean, in the UEFA Youth League, he's been a, a revelation really the last couple of years for Spurs. Um, I think he scored four against Red Star this season in the group stages. So, mm. uh, you know, in terms of what he's able to put out there, he, he's done as much as he can so far. Okay, um, who are we looking at in the Wolves side? Uh, I mean, you know, there's there's some obvious candidates there. Of course, Adama Traore being one of them. Uh, he's got 174 points on Dream Team this season, the most of any Wolves player so far. Um, started on the bench um, for the win against Norwich last week. Um, but he's only 3.7 million, so a cheaper option than Jimenez at Wolves, who has scored more points. Um, and 21% of Dream Team managers have picked Traore, so he is quite a popular pick. Well, surely, Sean, what about Connor Cody? He has played every minute... I mean, this is incredible. Every minute mm. of every game, the last 100 games. Wow. Staggering, yeah. That, that is good. Quite Staggering, yeah. Centurion Cody. They're going to give him a certain plaque or something And like they've that. had four clean sheets, so surely you've he's, got to go got, for a defender. Get points, he get a lot of points? He's only got 60 points. He's, never he's scored, their he's never fourth. scored a Premier League goal, I don't think. No, no. And, that, and that's probably what hinders him a little bit. I mean, there's there's three Wolves defenders ahead of him in terms of total points scored this year. Mm. Uh, Doherty being being the highest on 105. But he's he's a wing-back, isn't he? Mm, for sure, he's, which you're going to get. It's hard to qualify him as a defender, really. That being said, Cody, only 1.9 million, so a very oh, value, cheap option, value. considering they're in Europe as cheap. well. Alex, you like things cheap, don't you? He does. Yep. That's <laughs> why he got two seats for the price of one. Um, uh, let's move on to Everton against Manchester United. Mm. Everton have won four of the last seven against Manchester United at Goodison Park. Mm. Could be a tricky trip to Merseyside for Manchester United, couldn't it, Crookie? We all remember last season when they got absolutely battered, didn't they, under Solskjaer? Probably the worst performance they've ever produced under him. So th- this is a tricky game for United. Having said that, Everton's record against the elite clubs this season isn't great, so there must be causes for optimism, though, wasn't there? Well, it was, a good, week. It was a good week for United, um, beating Chelsea, of course, but everybody does that. Um, decent result away from home in the in the Europa League on the face of it, and then obviously backing that up at the weekend with a very confident win against Watford, and we got a new fans here, and we and Bruno Fernandez. Ah, I'm really, I'm really impressed with him. He's, I was waiting. He looks for top it. notch, doesn't he? To be honest, um, since his debut for the club, Bruno Fernandez has had more shots, provided more assists, and created more chances than any other Manchester United player in the Premier League. Uh, how much is he on Dream Team? 
Uh, so just 3.3 million. Uh, so a relatively cheap option, um, all things considered. That price will rise. Mm. The you know the better he gets, um, the more he'll improve. Um, 19 points so far. Um, so it, I mean, he's looking like a good option. Sean, what about um, just looking at how they defended Everton? Certainly with Sadibi, they really struggled at right back. If he stays right back, I might be looking at someone like Dan James, picking him. You know, maybe win a few points. Dan James who hasn't off scored the left. in 31 matches. But he I might was say, this was the last time he scored. Dan James. Yeah, he, I mean, he started so well on Dream Team, but he's really slipped down the list now. Only 61 points this season, uh, and that's impacted cheap? his price as well. 1.9 million. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. It so you reckon he's going to have a final flourish at the end of the campaign? <laughs> he could do. Yeah. 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 Oh, that could be good. Um, could defense- be special. Defensively, there's still issues, uh, aren't there, at uh, Manchester United? You, the goal that wasn't a goal, the one that was ruled out properly and correctly for for, for uh, yeah, Lindelof Watford, was poor there, wasn't he? Wasn't kind on Victor Lindelof, was no. it? I mean, it, what's the situation with him now? <sighs> Eric Bay was sitting on the bench. Everyone was a bit sort of like, "Hold on, Bay did quite well in the game against Chelsea." No, he's been sensible with Bay because he's had so many injuries, he's been out for such a long time. I think long term, Bailly and Maguire will probably be the partnership or if he keeps the back three, Luke Shaw's done very well as David Conley said he would in the Times a few weeks ago on the left side of that back three. But yeah, not not for me, Lindelof. I mean, he's never justified the price tag. He makes too many mistakes. He's really poor defending the box, particularly on set pieces. And that, that's such an integral part of the game for a defender these days. Um, since losing 2-0 against Norwich in Marco Silva's last home game in charge, Everton are unbeaten in six Premier League matches at Goodison Park. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin has scored an impressive number of goals this season. Just one or two chances as well. We've talked about his work rate. I've talked about his aerial prowess. Um, do we think there's more to come for him from yes, him? Yes, absolutely. I think he's outstanding. I mean, um, he's got real confidence now. He scores a lot of his goals inside the six-yard box. I did a little analysis of him and I know, for example... In the Times? Well... We're trying to get more <laughs> plugs in than B&Q. Do you write okay, for the Times? Yeah. So, yes... I'm um, listening, mate, don't worry. Yeah, thanks, Sean. So are all those others. Um, um, I think he's really... Good. I think he's got a lot more to give as well. You know, I like him. Apparently, he works really hard away from the pitch. He's, he does his yoga, which I know... You know, some could benefit from me near <laughs> <laughs> all eyes trained on the crookie monster uh, does a bit of yoga and you know he's got a, a bit of a, a you know does coaching away from training yeah, yeah. looking at his, his clips and everything and he's quick he's strong he's powerful I think he's he's destined I mean he's got the lot the last Englishman to score 12 Premier League goals in a season for Everton was oh, Wayne Rooney um, cool. maybe not oh Paul Rideout. I was going to say that. In 1994. Blimey. No, you weren't. I was. 95. <laughs> and he scored United's a big goal against Manchester United yes, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Only because Steve Bruce had done his hamstring and couldn't get up on the line. You probably had a 20 quid on that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> when you 12. were six. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's probably when it started. El <laughs> Ghazi with a cross into the centre. Gilbert is there and he plots it home and Villa make the Foxes flinch. As I say, to leave here unbeaten is, you know, testament to the players. El Mohamedy will bring it down now. And he will turn, and he will run, and flight it in, and Trezeguet wins it surely for Aston Villa in the 93rd minute of the game. Always we believe the way we play it is the best weapon to, to win the games, but this team is trying to take a result, so we are close to, to get the final, but in three weeks many things can happen. There's the full-time whistle. Manchester City become the first team in 36 years to reach three successive League Cup finals. It will be they that take on Aston Villa at Wembley on March the 1st. 
The Carabao Cup final, Aston Villa against Manchester City, kicks off at 4.30 Sunday afternoon. Live on TalkSport, Andy Townsend, Stuart Pearce, Jim Proudfoot and Alex Crook, your team. Welcome wow. along to the Cup final team. Did you ever uh, make a Cup final? You did, didn't you, for Wigan against Man United? Didn't yeah. go too well. No. no. Uh, Lee Mason is the ref. David and I, Coop I, will and still I had be to the... buy my suit like you. <laughs> did you get two for one? That's why like Dave Whelan made you buy your own suits, didn't he? It's incredible, yeah. That's uh, a true story, yeah. Lee Mason is the referee. David Coote will still be the fourth official this weekend on Carabao Cup final day. Uh, Crookie will be behind the dugout trying to pester him for information about subs and decision clarifications. More pertinently, let's look at these two teams. It's a showpiece event, but it could be scarily one-sided, couldn't it? Because if recent evidence is presented disastrous loss against Southampton in their last match Dean Smith he, he's promised changes for the Carabao Cup final how does he stop this from being a one-sided riot David Connolly I don't know I don't Brilliant. know what he does uh, <laughs> Alex <laughs> I don't know I don't <laughs> Sean uh, <laughs> thank God join the lads there I mean from a dream team perspective I would not be bringing in any Aston Villa players I mean if you've got any Villa players in I would suggest getting them out as well do you know what he could do seriously he could play Jack Grealish in his proper position he wears number 10 on his back he's a number 10 Manchester United are going to buy him as a number 10 and they keep playing him out on the left yeah but he does do a lot of his damage in that little mm. pocket Disagree. on the left hand side coming in off on the left hand side yeah. Disagree. get him in the number 10 role well, I don't know he's up against the side look if he performs really well would Man City if they had the money because we know they don't would they go and buy him he's the sort of player I think would be brilliant you Man think Manchester United are going to buy him why I do I think it's pretty much a done deal is the vibe I'm getting Jack Grealish once had a fantastic day at um, Wembley against a Liverpool team that everybody thought were going to roll Aston Villa over in a cup semi-final Previously, and actually, he took the ball by the horns and uh, and and lit up Wembley. It was, it was a seminal performance from him. Oh, could, could he not do that again? Is that not possible against the Manchester City side, who you know haven't been perfect this season? Two strands to this. One is I've seen Villa quite a lot recently um, with the games I've been getting, and there is a danger, and I think it was particularly pertinent when it was Villa against Leicester that Jack Grealish tries to do too much on his own. He knows he's a talisman. He knows he's the best chance of staying up. He's a boyhood Villa fan. He's playing for a move as well. Sometimes uh, he's not playing for a move. No, he's overcomplicating it. I, no, uh, I think he's. On. I think you he's can't play, say that. He's, I never said he didn't say he was playing for a move. You did say that. You so did. He's playing for himself in the shop window. No, you didn't. No, say no, no. no. <laughs> we'll have to rerun yeah. the track there. <laughs> We're quite happy to rerun it, and here it is. Boyhood Villa fan. He's playing for a move as well. He's a boyhood Villa fan. He's playing for a move as well. Yeah, you did. Shall I do that again? No, keep going. Uh, We'd like to stitch you up. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he needs to simplify it a bit. And the other strand is that I spoke to Dean Smith. He was really angry after the game at Southampton. And he actually said to me, some players have played their way out of the cup final. That was a bold statement. Does he have the squad players to back up that statement? I wouldn't mind betting the Villa team is going to be very similar to the one at Southampton. And I'm not sure why Dean Smith came well, out and said will that. It, will it be another 6-1? It's worth putting... Yeah, because... Well, First of all, let's, be. Well, let's address that because if you do get well beaten here, there, there is a danger, isn't it, that it could be so demoralising. If you look at Watford and what happened to them and the hangover that they had from the cup final defeat. Mm. Well, City are used to winning this trophy. They are looking to be the first team since Liverpool, who won it four times in the 80s uh, in a row, to win it three times in a row. Uh, they're also pretty good at a new Wembley. Since their first appearance there back in 2011, City have tasted victory on 10 occasions. Four of those have come in the Carabao Cup final. And they've only been beaten on three occasions, and none of those with Guardiola at the helm. 
Okay, it's time for the commentator's curse. Players will put the mockers on this week by giving a statistical reason as to why they will do well in this round of matches. Uh, David Connolly, very proud of himself because he's actually come prepared this week. Well done. Uh, <laughs> Hang on a minute. Uh, what, what have you got? What, what have you got for us? I know you like this little bit of music. Here we go. Notice that rather uh, seductive at the beginning before, but that's maybe maybe that's been added in because of Sexy David 101. I don't maybe, know. Maybe yes. So this is my stat has is Go to do it. with uh, Crystal Palace again, like oh, it was wow. last week. A bit okay. of a love in with Palace and Saul off last week, but this week it's Patrick Van Arnholt. He has scored the most goals as a defender since 2014-15. Do you know how many? How many? Twenty. Well, you listened earlier. <laughs> you would know. You know, twenty. <laughs> Has he just regurgitated the stat from earlier on in the programme? It was actually my stat. Yeah. So, 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 hold on. When he said, that's my commentator's curse, and you said, oh, you're going to get another one now, you have still used that. <laughs> yes. Just, it's do, you, do you understand what this feature is? Yes. You, you know we're in February now, right? Right. And we've been doing it for quite a long time. Yes. Yeah. You're really bad at it. I know. But you can still... <laughs> I could still use it though. It's a good no, stat. You can't. You can't use it twice you in the same show. Twice in the same show. Really? Yeah. If you, you were doing a football commentary, would you use the same statistic twice? Well, you might say that was a great strike. That was a great strike. You've alliteration. You've used it. That's not a statistic, though, is it? <laughs> no. No. But you could still use it twice. Right. Well, it wouldn't uh, lose its power. Cheers for coming along. It might not lose its power. Why it do we use him twice? You've already in two lost weeks. your powers, mate. <laughs> right. Um, uh, would you like to go now, Alex Crook? Would you like a little? Yep. Ooh. Right. Hey, you can keep talking, yeah. Patrick Van Arnhoek. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> no. Mine's actually about Dominic Calvert-Lewin. It wasn't, but it is now. Uh, I know you're a big fan and you think I he's going to be in the England squad. I do. Uh, he is the first Englishman to score 10 or more goals in a Premier League season for Everton since Wayne Rooney back in 2017-2018. Of course, it's the meeting of two of Wayne's former clubs, Everton against Manchester United. And maybe Calvert-Lewin might fill his boots once more. Mm, it's good. It's not as it's good as the start I gave you earlier. But anyway, um, here's my one from Chelsea away at Bournemouth. Now, big Willie Caballero needs to have a good game if Chelsea are to get anything at the Vitality Stadium. In fact, he doesn't actually have to have a good game. Is he on a free? He, he certainly does. He's available on a free, isn't he? He probably is. Um, he doesn't have to Such have a, a good game joke. or a great game. He doesn't even have to be even half. He, he, he just has to have an average game. And that will do. Because... This is a startling statistic. This is the startling statistic that killed Kepa and underscores exactly why Chelsea, A, need a new goalkeeper and two, why it's right you to leave him Kepa. on the bench. I'm not bullying him, I'm pointing out statistics. This team, that are in the top four of the division, right, have conceded 45% of all the shots on target that they have faced in the Premier League this season. 37 from 83. That is more than any other side. Indeed, ah, it's not just more than any other side, David. It's the highest such ratio that any side has conceded in a single season since the data started in 2003-04. Wow. 
Wow, I just cannot. That is just incredible. That is mind blowing. That is. That really is powerful. You love Kepa, don't you? You're a massive fan of Kepa. More mind blowing statistics like that all over the weekend on the game day verdict. And of course, on Monday morning when you can download the record book starring Danny Kelly, amongst others. We'll be back next week and uh, you'll be able to download it from your usual sources Acast, iTunes, Google, Spotify, and everywhere else that you get your podcast from. Thank you very much to uh, Alex Crook, who is going off to the cup final. Have a good one. Make sure you you indulge in the Wembley hospitality. They do cookies at the end. Only have one. And uh, you just keep bumming up those followers on on Twitter. Twitter, I will, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Where are we at now? uh, We're at at Mr. David Connolly. No, no, no. Where are we at in terms of followers now? Where are we? Come on, let's have a look. 287. It hasn't moved since we've been in here. Has it not? That's, that's a good oh. start. Okay, it's not bad. We're getting there. Right. Do you want to retweet one of these tweets just to try and get them? Yeah, I'll do that. Actually. That was a game day Premier League preview show, a Talk Sport exclusive podcast. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.